May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be ever right in your sight, O Lord, our Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Have a seat. Just take this off. It's an interesting gospel reading. It reminds me of a, a story of a friend of mine. And uh, I, I grew up in a family where education was important. My mother pushed on me, you know, you need to go to university, you need to go to university, you need to date women that go to university. Um, you only associate with people that have higher education. Education was an important part of my life. And I found out later in life that education isn't everything. And uh, I have a friend, he's a sailing friend in St. John. He only has high school education, but you know what? He knows more about sailing than any textbooks I can study to figure out airflow around sails, tension in stays, wire stays, how to, how to manipulate the sails, how to steer the boat. He just seems to know. And, and that story came to me as I was reading the gospel because, you know, what we have here today is a very interesting, small but very interesting gospel reading of a conversation between Jesus the radical, the carpenter, and a scribe who is a, a teacher of the law, a member esteemed in Jewish culture as someone who knows uh, the first five books of the Bible very well, well enough to be able to interpret them and to tell people and to teach people what it is that God wants the Jewish people to do. And he comes and asks the carpenter, What's the greatest commandment? Now, some people might take this gospel one way that the scribe is trying to trick Jesus. But I really think that this scribe came and asked Jesus this question for another reason. The context of this, this, this time in the Bible is this. Jesus has come to the temple He's overturned the table of the money chambers, the money changers. He's upset all of the sort of aristocracy and, and intelligentsia of the Jewish people by his actions. And now he's come back again, and he was arguing with Sadducees. The Sadducees were really the aristocracy in the Jewish community. They, they controlled the temple. They had particular beliefs. And they were very focused on the first five books of the Bible. They didn't believe in the resurrection because it wasn't in those books. And, and this scribe had been hearing Jesus talk to these Sadducees about the resurrection. And he, I think he thought this answer was so good that he needed to ask another answer of Jesus. And that is, which of the commandments is the most important? Now, in the Old Testament, in the Torah, there are 613 commandments that Jesus gave to the Jewish people. And some of them are cultural. Some of them are, there's a whole mix of them. But Jesus answer, answered with two. One from the Shema in Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second, which is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. Because those two together are the summary of all 
those 613 laws and basically everything we learn in scripture. So here we have, it would be kind of like me, um, uh, it would be like Steve coming to me to ask a question about medicine, how to do surgery, right? It, it, would, it would be like John coming to me, asking me a question, how to run a summer camp. I don't know anything about that stuff, right? That's not where my experience is. So it's, it's, it's really interesting that we have this scribe coming to Jesus to ask this question. So that's the context of that, of that scripture. Like it's, it's not what we're expecting. It's not what the first hearers of this gospel would be expecting, that some radical carpenter would be asking this knowledgeable person of the law this question. And what we find is a very interesting answer. Love God and love your neighbors. But you know, that answer wasn't good enough because Jesus said you're close to the kingdom, but you're not there. You're close to the kingdom, but you're not there. And the question we have to ask ourselves is how come that scribe wasn't there? I mean, he's a scribe. He would have known all the laws. He would have worked hard to follow all those laws follow them probably as closely as he could, but he's not in the kingdom. Why? Why? Well, I think the answer is that he's missing something. He's got, he's got the head knowledge, but he doesn't have the heart knowledge. Now, I've been in I've been involved in Alpha, I was involved in teaching Alpha, and I remember one of the, I don't know who said it in that course, but it's the statement that the longest journey in the world is from your head to your heart. And you get the book knowledge of the Bible or your, your, your intellectual understanding about God to really understanding what it's all about. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to say. You, you know and you understand the law. But the difference is he didn't accept Jesus as his Messiah. That's, that's why he's not in the kingdom. He's close to the kingdom, but he doesn't believe. And, and those three things together, those three principles, are the things that we need to, to live our life in the kingdom, right? Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, and believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, free gift of salvation, everlasting life for us. And, you know, one of the things that, why it's important, I think, this message for us today is this. My wife, Mina, and I have a, an interesting perspective. We've been in the parish now for almost two years, but we joined in October 2019, three, four months before we locked down. And, and we got a very small glimpse of what life was like here before. And we've lived life with you in the pandemic now for almost two years. But I get a sense when I come here of, of great sadness as a community, great sadness of things lost. We're grieving things that we can't do. We're worried about what life is going to look like in the, the coming months, what, what's What's it mean for us as a church? How are, we going to, how are we going to be and do church in the future? How are we as a community going to be part of the kingdom and, and reach out to other people? 
And I think here we need to remember that even though things may have changed, even though we may feel inside like grief or loss or confusion, that whether this pandemic is going to change how we do church or not, it is, I'm telling you, it is going to have an impact on us. It's going to have an impact on who we are. It's going to have an impact on what we do. And it's going to have an impact on the way we relate to people. But that's okay. It is okay. We're in the middle of what Archbishop David keeps telling me is a wicked situation. Wicked situations are wicked problems, are those kinds of things where you're stuck in the middle of somewhere and you have absolutely no idea how to solve it. It's like being in the middle of the ocean, doing treading water, and there's no land around, there's no ships, there's no rescue, and you have to figure out which direction do I start swimming hoping I'm going to hit land? And you know, the answer is you just have to start swimming. You just have to start swimming. And sometimes all you can do is say, the only direction I can swim is with the waves. Right? I can't swim against them. I can't swim across them. I've got to swim with them. And I think that, you know, in, in these wicked problems, we do need to try new things. We need to challenge ourselves to reach out and do things that might be a bit uncomfortable to see if we can go with the waves and find a new way and a new normal. And that doesn't mean we can't recapture what we had, but I think it may find us finding new things and new ways to be church. And what's interesting is that, if you remember in the Bible, in our weakness, God will show us our strength. In our weakness, we're going to have nowhere else to go but to God. And our strength is in the Lord. We know that we're called to love God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, and we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves, and we know we're called to believe and trust in Jesus as our Savior. And what we need to do is hold on to these things because those are our life, that's our life preserver while we're trying to figure out where land is going to be in the next six months, the next year. And I believe that we'll find it. I do believe things will get better. I know they will get better. And what, what feels uncomfortable and difficult now, we will be able to look back from in the future, back to this time as a period of growth, personal reflection as a community, and a real examination of where we need to go. But we do need to grab onto this, this love that, that, that God has for us and that we should have for God and for our neighbor. Trust in Jesus and swim. Let us pray. God of love, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for how he can clearly state what's important and how we should live our lives believing in Jesus' power to save. We pray that the Holy Spirit will walk with us and strengthen our resolve to follow you and to live our lives according to your law. Help us to learn new ways to respond to this call to love, 
during this time of pandemic and help this church be a beacon of light to our community. In Jesus' name, amen.